0: Hey, if this is your first time here, if you're new to Northgate, my name's Larry and I'm one of the pastors here. And in a moment, we're gonna jump into this new series, Should Happens. We get this idea from a book by a guy named Todd Clark. So if you have a Bible or a Bible app, we're gonna hang in Matthew 11:28 28 through 30 the whole time. So here's what I want you to do right now. I want you to turn to somebody and just tell them, should happens. I had to say that because it's really true, right? We all deal with the shoulds. Like you might not be able to see it, but there's somebody around you right now who's dealing with a severe case of the shoulds and you can't even see it. They're wrestling with these thoughts. In this series, we're gonna spend a week on how we should on others, another week on how uh, others should on us and the way that we should on God. But for this week, just as we kick this off, I wanna pause for a moment and talk about the language that I'm using. I had a conversation with some of our staff this last week and they're like, you need to be really careful because people can uh, misinterpret the way that you're using should and how we should on ourselves or we should on others. And I wrestled with this for a little bit because I think it's really a mature thing to talk about and not to think about some sort of inappropriate language and what we're punning or we're implying. But if we didn't use the word should, and I replaced it with word expectations, then we might get lost in this entire idea. And so I think that it's important to use the word should when we're talking about this series, should happens. Because you see, should is like a really weighty word. When we think that we should have done something, or we didn't meet an expectation, or someone should have done the thing that we told them to do or I just should have done it this way. I should have shown up on time. I should have been a better parent. I should have completed something or like a school. I should have been prepared or I should be prepared for this next coming season or I should have seen this coming or you should have done it the way that I told you to do it. You know, when other people are putting things on you or you're putting them on someone else or God, you should have done this. If you were real, you should have done this. And you should do this. So the weight of the word should, I don't want to just skim by. I think that it carries a lot of weight, especially in this day and age, these expectations that we put on ourselves and that others put on us. And then we can tend to put on others or God as well. So I think that this is a perfect time to have a conversation and I think that we should have it. So with that out of the way, I'm going to start today's message with the end of the message and then go back up to the top and work my way back there. So before we can even address, I think in the coming weeks, the way that we should on others, the way others should on us, and the way that we should on God, we have to first allow ourselves to rest in grace. We have to rest in grace. Otherwise, we'll just continue to should all over ourselves. And I find myself shoulding on myself. Anytime that I let the voices in my mind tell me what I should be doing or placing unrealistic expectations and burdens on myself and to how I live that out. So our main passage today is actually Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. We're going to stay there the whole time. And it reads like this. This is the message version. 28 through 30. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch what I do. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. These are the words of Jesus. If your life it's all about what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Eventually, you're going to get tired and burnt out because nobody can always do it right, friends. Nobody can always live up to what they think that they should be doing. The Apostle Paul said it like this in Romans chapter 7, verse 15. He says, what I want to do, I don't do. But what I hate to do, I keep on doing. So I'm stuck I, I, we just get in this cycle where I want to do good. I feel like I should be good, but I don't. And then they get tired and we get worn out. Jesus says, come with me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. And I'll show you how to take a real rest. And here's what many of you need, right? Not a vacation. You need a rest for your souls. You're finding plenty of time to rest. But I'll say it again. What you need is not a vacation. You need rest for your soul. Because when you go on vacation, you're still bombarded with all the things that you should be doing. And when you've experienced the grace of God, you realize you know something. That God loves me, not for what I do, but who I am. And so, going, I'm going to trust him with all that I do. And Jesus says, walk with me, work with me, watch me do it, learn from me the rhythms of grace. I won't let anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. You'll learn how to live freely and lightly. See, Jesus came to give us grace. And here's what grace is. Grace is what you cannot do for yourself. God did this for you. And instead of constantly living under guilt and shame, say, God, I bring all of that to you. And then, God, I trust you and your process. Help me change over time. And when you start living in grace, life gets good. When you start living in grace, you start living in peace. When you start living in grace, you start laughing at yourself. You you stop living under pressure. I can tell you that when life got fun for me is when I started living under grace and when I laugh at myself when I make mistakes. And even right now in this season, when it's so, so, so hard and to not shoot on myself about how I care for you and your needs and even the needs of the people that let me know clearly I am not meeting their needs because I'm bowing to a political agenda, because of grace, I don't have to go home and say, oh my gosh, I'm a horrible person and nobody will ever hear the gospel again. I just say, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to live in grace, friends. This is what God wants for you. Jesus didn't come to remove our sins only, but to remove our burdens as well. And so the question for you today is, are you going to live in the grace that God has given you? Are you going to live in the pressure and expectation that you have for yourself or that others have for you? Which is it? See, we're immersed in a culture that constantly demands more from us and more from us. It demands more time from us. There's actually studies that say on average, we are working 163 more hours every year than we were 20 years ago. That's actually the equivalent of working equivalent of working an extra month every year. And so you ask yourself, where does an extra month come from? Not from adding another month into our year, but from trying to cram more into the same amount of time that we already have. It demands more attention from us. Have you ever waited more than an hour to return a text message from somebody? Have you found yourself there? They start calling you to like see if you got their message. Did you get my text message? Did you get my message? Right? Then they show up at your house to make sure you're okay and that you actually got the message. This is like the cultural norm, isn't it? Immediate attention. Jeff Kagan, a technology consultant, says it this way. As personal technology continues to grow, the nag factor continues to increase. This was my favorite part of this week. Literally as I was studying and I finished writing this exact part of the message with a one knock and an entrance, Vanessa, our executive director, walked into my office and asked me if I had received a task email and if I could get that to her. I literally laughed out loud and said, I got it in an hour ago, and I was in the middle of something else. Then I told her exactly what I had just written. I was like, this is a perfect example, and she's like, oh my gosh, but can you get it to me? And it was this whole like funny moment because I said, I'm gonna put this in this message. So there you go, real life, friends. See, you often feel like you're never doing good enough. right? You're never doing good enough for your kids. You're never in good enough shape. And our culture thrives on demanding more and more dissatisfaction from us. We are enculturated to should all over ourselves. Of all the things I should be doing and accomplishing that I don't measure up to, I've placed unrealistic expectations and burdens on myself that I can never live up to. And that is the opposite of the experience of life that Jesus Promises. See, in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, we see that Jesus really sets up two ways to live. They're really pitted against each other. Two different outcomes. One side that's tired, worn out, burned out on religion. The other side, to live freely and lightly. Which side describes where you find yourself right now? If you follow Jesus and you find yourself living a tired life, not just I didn't get enough sleep last night tired, but the sort of soul level tired, if you find yourself weary and worn out and even burned out on trying to do the religious thing, you feel like there's always something more that you need to do. There's always some kind of guilt about what you should be doing and following Jesus has descended into a bunch of shoulds and ought tos. If you find yourself in that place, friends, you're probably doing it wrong. This idea of how we burn ourselves out when it comes to religion. I want to talk about this. Just think about it for just a second. I don't know how long you've been a part of a church. I've been part of a church for a long time. And I would die to be a part of a church where there was such unity, such commitment to one another that people didn't show up and they didn't kind of like measure themselves by themselves. They weren't just constantly measuring the people around them. See, friends, in church world, people measure themselves by themselves. And the first question most people actually ask me is, what is this church affiliated with? Now, I believe doctrine is important. I have a master's degree in this stuff. I'm all about doctrine. But I think that a lot of times what people are saying is I just want to make sure that you think exactly the way that I think. Because if you don't think the exact way and land on the same issues I land on the way that I think, then I don't think we can be in fellowship. Now I'm going to tell you this. What I love about our church and this faith community is it's this eclectic melting pot of a mess and backgrounds and traditions from all over the place. And we're all meeting together in one place or in our homes. And I think that's exactly what the kingdom of God actually looks like. That's why we are a non-denominational church. And I love that. But this passage from Jesus's teaching was before denominations even existed. All there was, was Jesus. And by the way, That's where we land as a church and a faith community. It's all about and only about Jesus. And look at the result of this early church we find in Acts of their unity with great power. It's talked about how the apostles continue to testify to the resurrection of Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them. All of the church was unified This church was just connected to Jesus and not focused on the small stuff that divides them, but the power of God showing up. And every time that they would show up for church, it wasn't centered around the personalities. It was centered around the presence of God. I mean, can you imagine being a part of a church where every time you go to church, you connect with God and people walk away in tears because God met them? I imagine going to a church where every time you show up, There's love and unconditional grace, a grace-filled community. This is what happened in the first church. And if we're not experiencing it in that way, we may not be a follower of the right way. Since we're having real talk, let's stay in that line. One huge way that we should on ourselves is our money. I can think of no other more important time in my own lifetime where focusing on your health and finances can make such an impact in the year 2020. Talk about the should. Don't end this month or this year saying, I should have focused on my health or I should eat right or I should not drink so much. By the way, this is a crazy statistic that's out right now that sales of alcohol skyrocketed 339%. In fact, alcohol is the fastest growing e-commerce department among consumer packaged goods and weekly growth during the pandemic has continued. We'll get back to that in a moment. Money though is a big thing on people's mind. There's no reason to should on yourself during this time and we as a faith community want to be gracious and give you tangible ways to keep that from happening. Not just talking about how you should do something and and do something about it and acting like it's just going to fix itself. For some of you, you're realizing right now that a budget may be one of the most important things you can make this year. For others, you're shooting on yourself because of guilt and how you cannot participate in unleashing compassion like you want to in this epic time of need. Because of our choices, because of your choices that you should not have made. So friends, here's actually a gift. Over the next year, and you shouldn't wait to do this, we're going to be offering Financial Peace University classes, this every dollar app that comes with it, and a debt snowball resources that's going to help you go from where you are to where you want to be. No more debt, cash in the bank for emergencies, confidence for the future. This is a brand new all-access membership. And if you were to do this on your own right now, it would cost you $130 if you signed up to fix this yourself right now. But I believe in this. We believe in this so much. And want health and good for you. And no more shoulds for you bad enough that we're going to give this to you for free for a year. Don't say, oh man, I should have signed up for that. Why is this free? Because we should be generous. And I honestly believe that when this is taken care of in your life, and it's talked about all throughout scriptures, you'll be able to be more generous than ever. You will. We as the local body, the church, will be able to unleash compassion like never before. Not just a drip out of the faucet, but fire hose, unleash compassion like never before. So here's what you do to sign up and get more information on this. Text FPU2020 right now to 9400. FPU2020 to 9400. And there's really cool stories from people who've actually participated in the past. And by the way, this changed my wife Michelle and I's life. We feel like we're living more like Jesus and giving more like he wants us to give than ever before because of this. Some cool stories is that we actually have started providing Financial Peace University classes about once a year. And even for students and young kids since 2011. And there's been seasons, I remember a class just a couple years ago where the one singular class of about 30 people during a nine-week period paid off over $400,000 of debt and found financial freedom like never before. But here's what I believe. I believe right now in this season where this is becoming more of an issue and a should issue where you're talking about what you should have done, decisions you should have made. Let's talk about what we can do about this that's beyond an expectation. I think that we can see results like we've never seen before if you take advantage of this, if you can get this right in your life. This is why it's so important to Jesus. He talks about this all throughout scripture. 70% of his teachings were around our finances and the weight the spiritual weight it can put on us where we can become its own God and become its own burden. And so may we this year maybe even see millions of dollars paid off in debt and people getting a hold of things in their life. So we're not living a should life. We're living a good life as God intends us to, and we're able to unleash compassion like never before. So again, Let's read Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch what I do. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely And lightly. Jesus says that if you walk with Him, if you work with Him, if you pay attention to how He does life, if you learn from Him, the outcome will be that you will learn to live freely and lightly. And friends, if that doesn't describe your experience of following Jesus, then you're learning how to live life from someone or something other than Jesus sits beneath the service. when we find ourselves weary and worn out, burned out, and we don't experience the free light life that Jesus offers, when we should all over ourselves, it's that we haven't actually learned to live in grace. In what Jesus calls here the unforced rhythms of grace. For many of us, we embraced grace when we first surrendered to Jesus that Jesus was offering us a relationship with him, a connection to God that we didn't deserve and we can't earn. Paul says that it is by grace that you have been saved. It's a gift of God that you can't earn. We can only receive it as a gift of grace. And for most of us, that's where grace both starts and stops. Grace is simply something that saves me, but the reality is that it's not only the grace that saves me, it is also the grace that sustains me. The solution to the shoulds is grace. Grace means I am loved and I am accepted just as I am, not as I think I should be. Brennan Manning says it in his book, All is Grace. He says, Jesus is crazy about you. He loves you just as you are, not as you should be. Jesus is freeing you from that burden, which does not simply mean you'll then do whatever you want to do, when you want to do it, but life and the freedom of grace compels you towards a different posture and motive. You end up doing the good shoulds, but not because you feel like you should, but because of the natural result of living in grace. Todd Clark says it in this book, Should Happens. Jesus didn't come to remove our sins, but also to remove our burdens. So, before we even address in the coming weeks the way that we should on others, the way others should on us, and the way we should on God, we have to first allow ourselves to rest in grace. Otherwise, we'll continue to should all over ourselves we're gonna respond in just a moment to worship together as a faith community in our homes and our car maybe sometime during this week on demand and right now if you're not experiencing the free life the burden-free weightless life that you should I invite you in this moment to surrender all those things back to God and live in the grace that will sustain you and stop bringing up all of the shoulds, the expectations that you're putting on yourself and you're allowing the world to put on you. This is a heavy season. I don't need to say it. I said it. Everyone's saying it. Right now, allow Jesus to take some of that off of you. And live in the grace that will sustain you. Now there may be even some of you here today and you haven't received the grace that saves you, a gift that's given. You can't earn it, but you can be adopted into this family of God as a son, as a daughter, and these things can be taken away from you as well. And if you're ready to take that step, if you're ready to go on a journey of what it looks like to live in the grace of God and the grace of Jesus, God's son who gave his life for you as a gift. Don't walk away from this place. Don't leave today saying later, I should have explored that. I should have taken that step. You should explore this. You should receive this free gift of grace that not only will save you, but sustain you. Friends, let's worship.